Welcome to a new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Johnson as he shares another life-changing message. Well, greetings again, brothers and sisters, those of you that might be just uh, joining in. We're so glad to have you come with us or be with us again as we uh, stroll through the Word of God as we take a look at uh, the Holy Scriptures and see what the Lord has in store for us on today. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm excited about the Lord. I'm excited about the things that uh, the Lord is doing. He is good, brothers and sisters. He is good, and he's worthy to be praised. In spite of what we're dealing with uh, in these last days, uh, God is good, and uh, and he's worthy to be praised. Uh, I just thank God so much within myself that he's keeping us uh, alive and keeping us healthy and well. Even though we're out in the busy streets and the highways and the byways and what have you, the stores and taking care of our business, uh, we don't know the people that we uh, pass, cross paths with. Uh, but in spite of all the debt, God is so good, and he's just keeping us healthy and strong. Let's continue to pray for our strength. Pray for our brothers and sisters uh, everywhere that the Lord will bless them, uh, that they will continue to be strong. And uh, as to this day, I still don't know anyone uh, personally, uh, personally in my family or yours that has been affected by this virus. So I can say God is good and he's taking care of us. And we pray for those who are affected and hope and pray that they uh, have a speedy, speedy recovery. Uh, let's continue to pray for our nation, our presidents, uh, people that's in authority, that the Lord will bless them, uh, that they'll do, uh, take care of the business of the people. Amen. In Jesus' name. Well, uh, greetings to all my mothers, all my brothers, all my senior brothers and the young people. Amen. Uh, young, middle-aged, and old. God bless all of you. Uh, brothers and sisters, stay strong. Keep the faith. Amen. And hold on. So let's get into the Word here. And uh, let's see what the Lord's going to talk to us today uh, in the Scripture. Let me give you the Scriptures that I have. I only have three. And let me give them to you. And uh, we're going to walk through the Word of God and see what God has to say. So if you got your pencil and paper, if you'd like to write this down so you can go over this in your devotional time, uh, God may reveal something that I missed. Uh, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, uh, the 5th chapter, verse number 6, reading through verse 15. That's 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter. Verse number six, reading through verse number 15. Uh, Then the book of Acts, Acts of the Apostles, uh, the 17th chapter, and verse number 28. Acts 17 and verse number 28. And then the last scripture we're going to deal with is the book of Romans. Romans, the second chapter, and verse number four. So we're going to take a look at these three scriptures right here and see what the Lord is saying to us today as we uh, have church together here. Okay, so 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, looking down at the word of the Lord, I'm going to get right into it. Uh, the uh, fifth chapter, verse number 
uh, 6, begin our read there. It said, therefore, we are always confident. I like the way Paul starts off with this particular book to the Corinthian church. Uh, he said, therefore, we are always confident. And that's a very good start. Brothers and sisters, I encourage each and every one of you all uh, to be confident about the things that you are doing. You, you have to have, you should have confidence in yourself if you don't have very much in anybody else. So it's good to have confidence in other people, too, also that you believe in. But Paul said, he said, we are always, so he wasn't necessarily talking about himself. Uh, he wasn't selfish. He said, we are always confident. So that's to all of our brothers and sisters. I want you to say that and believe that we are always confident. Uh, uh, I'm confident in whatever I'm doing. Uh, let's not be in doubt. Let's not uh, be unsure. You know, because those are to be in doubt creates problems. The Lord do not want us to be in doubt. He wants to know what we're doing and be assured of it and uh, just have confidence in ourselves. So it's just great to have confidence. We meet people on a daily basis that uh, have lost confidence in, in others uh, who might lead, who uh, lost confidence in their families or their friends. Or they may even have not have confidence in themselves. But today, the apostle said, we are always confident. I am. That's not to say that we are arrogant. That's not to say that we are uh, cocky, you know, anything like that. Not to say that we are more than anybody else, you know, or anything like that. But it just simply means that we are confident. I never will forget when we first start a renovation of our church when the Lord blessed us blessed us to uh, find uh, that particular building that we are worshiping in right now. It was a it was an eyesore, and the city was getting ready to push it down with the bulldozer. And uh, I saw that I saw something that somebody else didn't see, and uh, I saw a building that could be turned into a uh, nice uh, worship uh, facility. Uh, so I petitioned the city of Memphis and told them I was interested in that building. And uh, the people there that was in charge of code, uh, the housing and code development and all that kind of stuff, they told me that, well, Mr. Johnson, if you want that place, uh, we're going to give you opportunity to do something with it. But hurry up and do something with it because it's on the uh, uh, list to be torn down. And I said, oh, just give me a little time. And, Lord, we went to work. Lord, we did. We went to work. And so I was very confident in uh, what I saw and very confident in what the Lord could do through me and the guys that he put around me. Very confident. I saw something that other people didn't see. Matter of fact, I had some family members come by. Uh, some of my cousins, God bless their heart, everybody can't see your dream. Everybody don't know your vision. You know, they just can't see it and bless their hearts and don't fall out with them. But just thank God that you have a dream. You have a vision. You know what you want to do in life. And uh, it's what's in your heart. And so I had my cousin told me, he said, uh, he just thought I had lost my mind 
to invest money in this building, this particular building. He didn't see what I saw, and uh, but I did, and I was very confident in what I could do uh, with a hammer and with a nail and with a few good men and with a few good ladies that come by and gave us a helping hand. And so confidence is very, very important. It is key. I want you always to be confident about yourself. Others may not believe in you, but I want you to believe in you. Believe in yourself. I believe in me. Believe in yourself and what God can do. God can use you. He used others, and God can use you to do anything that he chooses because that's the kind of God we serve. If he did it for others, he can do it for you, brothers and sisters. And I want you to keep that in mind. God can do it. And so Paul said, therefore, we are always, always confident. I'm not cocky. I, I dare not to be cocky. We are always confident knowing that when we are at home in the body, we are uh, absent from the Lord. So Paul said, we're confident of this about how death, life and death work. I'm confident about this. There's people in that day and time didn't believe in the resurrection. You know, they thought that when you die, you're done. And uh, it's all over with. There's no heaven. There's no hell. When you die, you just go to the grave. And your your, your body just goes back to the dust. And, and, and that be the end of that. Paul said, we are confident in this thing right here. Knowing that. When we are at home in the body, when we are alive, walking around and well, he said we are absent from the Lord, present. In other words, we're not in heaven in the presence of God. Not that we're not in God's presence right now. We are. We are in the, we're in the presence of God right now each and every day. Whenever we come together, remember the Lord said whenever two or three come together in my name, he said, what? I'll be right there in the midst. So God is in our presence. We're in God's presence all the time, even right now. You are where you are. I'm where I am. We're, we're yet in the presence of God. But Paul wasn't talking about uh, just God being in our midst right here while we are alive. He was talking about uh, we are, when we are when we are at home in our body right now, like we are, we are absent from the Lord. So we are absent from being in heaven. That's what he's talking about. We're absent from being in heaven in the presence of the Lord. Okay. Then he said, verse seven says, "For we walk by faith, not by sight." There it is. It's very important that we keep this in mind that we, as God's people. That we walk by what? We walk by faith. It's, it's, this is a faith walk. Many times I may not see it. Sometimes God allows me to see things, uh, and sometimes I do not see it. But uh, uh, however, whether I see it or whether I don't see it, I have faith in God. I believe God. We walk by faith, not by sight. And sometimes walking, always walking by faith is the best thing that we could ever do. So what I was about to say is sometimes walking by sight can be detrimental to us. Sometimes we might need to close our eyes to some of the things we see because some of the things we see frighten us. It scares us. Remember when Peter, uh, when Jesus was walking on the water, and Peter saw the Lord on the water, and Peter said, Lord, let me come out there if that be you. And the Lord said, come on, come on out. And he stepped out on the water. But when Peter began to look at the wind, 
when he looked at the waves, when he looked at the billows that were about to overtake him, he was frightened. He was frightened, and he began to sink. And so sometimes it's good not to look at our situation, but always look at God. Because looking at the situation sometimes, brothers and sisters, it don't look good. Listening at the doctor report sometimes, it, it don't sound good. Amen. But sometimes uh, 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 we have to just not pay attention to all of the reports that come from the other side. But let's key in on what God said and let's walk by what? Faith and not by sight. Let's walk by faith. He said, he said for we walk by faith. That's what the Apostle Paul said. This is exactly what he said they do. And, and he's speaking about the early church and us too. We, this is the way we walk. And I want to encourage all of you, don't worry about your situation. Don't worry about what it looks like. Don't worry about what they say about it. Don't worry about what you hear about it. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. That's the bottom line. And then it goes on to verse number 8. It says, for we are confident. There it is again. We are confident. Are you confident this morning? Do you have confidence this morning? Don't be saying, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. That's what they said. I don't know. But we are, we are. There it is. We are confident. No doubt about it in my mind. We are confident, I say. And we'll rather be uh, absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So Paul said we're absent from the body and then we're present with the Lord. So when we are, he's talking about life and death, when we are absent from the body, we are present with the Lord. So what Paul is teaching in this particular verse, very important, very interesting. What he's teaching in this particular verse number eight, he said, uh, willing rather to be uh, absent from the body and to be present with the Lord, Immediately after the death of a believer, when when one that when a believer uh, takes his or her last breath, right then and there, that person leaves and go and be in the presence of God. It's not a long drawn out process. It don't take a long time. It's not no weeks, no months. But right then and there, when you depart this body, you immediately go to heaven and be in the presence of God. So this is what Paul is talking about. He said, I say that willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So that's what he's saying. Verse 9 says, wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted unto him. So uh, he's telling the believers whether we are in our body, we want to be acceptable to God. And whether we uh, uh, leave this body, we want to be, live a life so we can be acceptable to God. And so this is what Paul is teaching the Corinthians here. So uh, immediately after the death of the saints of God, they go straight to heaven. But what about the non-believers? What, what happened to them? Where do they go when, when, when they take their last breath? Good question. Where they go, uh, they not, not saying no, no, no one goes straight to hell. No, no, no one go to hell. Uh, hell is not really open right now to, to anybody. Uh, hell is reserved until the day of judgment, Okay. Hell is reserved until the day of judgment, and after the judgment day, then people will be appointed to go uh, uh, where God wants them to go, to the right, to the left, heaven, or to hell. And so he's a word for we labor 
that whether present or absent, we may be accepted on, on, uh, of him. And we want to be accepted of God, by God. We strive each and every day. We want to be accepted. But we are confident, we're confident, very, very confident that these things are going to happen according to Scripture. When we leave this earth, we go immediately and be in the presence of Jesus. All Jesus said, all souls are mine, but the soul that sinned, it shall die. All souls, when we die, we go straight to God, and we'll stay there until uh, God has a, there's a holding uh, uh, place for the people of God to be in. The souls go and be under the altar of Jesus, and they are reserved there until the day of judgment. Verse number 10 says, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. There it is. Each and every one of us. This is why we have to be careful and we want to uh, be accepted of him because we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive uh, the thing done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be uh, good or bad. This is what Paul is teaching. Everybody. Saints, sinners, whatever you want, believers, non-believers, we all are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We all must appear before that seat. So therefore, therefore, brothers and sisters, we want to strive that we might be accepted of God. Now, my, my title for this particular message on today is, uh, we owe him so much. So when we think about what God is doing uh, for us and what he has done for us and what Paul is saying here to be absent from the body to be present with the Lord or if we in the body God we're still in the presence of the God but we're in the presence of God down here on earth and when we leave the body we're in the presence of God in heaven itself so he said we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the thing done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be good or whether it be bad. People do good things in life. People have done bad things in life. But we have to be judged. We will be judged for those things that we've done, whether they're good and whether they're bad. And you and I, all of us, have done some good and we have done some bad. Now, that's not to negate that uh, the good, the bad that we've done won't be brought up. That's something that we all have to keep in mind. Uh, people don't know. Well, we all was, we once were sinners, and we was out there doing what, uh, what sinners do, uh, walking in the flesh and after, or the things of the flesh. We did those things. But, brothers and sisters, uh, I want all of you to know that the Bible do teach uh, we all are going to give account to God. Uh, for the things that we have done, he said, whether it be good or bad, whether you've done some good things, you've got to answer to God for that. Whether you've done some bad things, you're going to have to answer to God for that. So what Paul is teaching here, the good and the bad, we see God is recording each and every day. There is a record. You know, just like in school, the teacher has a record of your performance, which uh, at certain time they call it a report card. So when the report card comes out, sometime during the course of the week, the course of uh, uh, study and, and in schooling, we forget that one day the report card is coming out. The teacher has to uh, uh, make a report on our progress. 
how we're doing, how we're performing, whether we are doing well, whether we are meeting the goals, or whether we're not meeting the goal, we're accepting. She, she's recording everything. That's her job. That's what she went to school to do, to uh, uh, develop and form a report on your performance. Okay, well, brothers and sisters, God does the same thing. There is a report on my performance, the things that I've done uh, uh, before I was saved, the things that I'm doing while I'm saved. God is keeping a record, brothers and sisters. He's keeping a record of your activity. Now, whether there was good activities or bad activity, it's still in the report. It's still on the record. Now, that's not to say you will, your soul will be lost because of everything that's in the record. No. Your soul will not be lost because of everything that's in your report. That's not what Paul is teaching at all. He's saying that there is a report, and in the report there's good, and in the report there's bad. Now, uh, we hope the good outweigh the bad, of course, that we repented of our sins and asked the Lord to forgive us of whatever it was we done, and we're on, uh, we on the right road now, living a, living a, a holy and righteous, uh, a productive life. And so once we forsake our sins, no matter what they were, no matter how bad the report was, that won't stop you from entering heaven's gate. That won't stop you from being saved. But it's on the record. And when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, the record will be read. That's why we need to be very, very careful what we do. Because some of the things we've done, we're ashamed of. Some of the things I've done, I'm ashamed of those things. But in that last day when I stand before the Lord, God will read the report and those very things that I've done that I, uh, when I was a sinner that I might be ashamed of right now, it's on my record and God will read the record, but the record will not damn my soul to hell. Why? Because I accepted the Lord Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. So therefore, my record will not hinder me, hinder you from entering into the kingdom of God. There it is. Okay, so he said we'll be judged according to those things uh, that we've done, whether it be good or bad. And going on further, and, uh, and this is why I said we owe him so much. So God, we owe him so much. Verse 11 said, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Paul said, knowing the terror of God, we know how God is. We know God means uh, business, and we know that he means exactly what he says. He said what he means, and he means what he said. Knowing the terror of God, we persuade men. It's up to us now. We know that God is going to judge the world in righteousness. So, therefore, we reach out to our brothers and sisters and encourage them. Give your life to the Lord. Why don't you turn your life around? Give God a try. You, you tried everything else. You've done almost everything you can think of, and, uh, and, 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 and you're tired of it, and you still hadn't found happiness within that. You're still not satisfied, so why not try God? Why not give the Lord a try? You tried drugs. You tried alcohol. You tried the women. You tried men. You tried everything, and you're still not satisfied because those things are never satisfied, that, that, that empty void is in all of our lives. No one can feel that void but Jesus Christ. So 
So knowing the terror of God, we persuade men, give God a chance. Give God a try. At least at least just try him one time and, and, and see how you like him. And I tried him. I found out that the Lord is good. I, I like what I did. I love giving. I love it because I gave my life to Jesus. So he said, knowing the terror of God, we persuade men. But we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are are made manifest in your country. Check this out, verse 12. For we commend not ourselves against unto you, but we give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that you may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. Verse 13 said, For whether we be beside ourselves, some people think we're crazy, whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God. God be the glory. Or whether we be sober, it is to your cause. Some people think what we're saying, <clears throat> excuse me, the gospel message that we're presenting to men and women and to the world, some people think we're crazy. I don't want to have nothing to do with them crazy Christian people. I, I, I don't want to have anything to do with them. I'm not a God person. I don't believe in God. So to the world, yeah, they may think we're crazy, but I, I know and believe and hope for sure that nobody that's, that's a Christian uh, uh, think that we are uh, uh, beside ourselves. So he said, whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God. It's to God be the glory. We're doing what we're doing, and God be the glory. The world may think we're beside ourselves, and they do. They don't think take Christianity serious. It is to God. Uh, God be the glory. Or whether we are sober, whether I'm in my right mind right now talking to you, saying, hey, you ought to give God a try. You try everything else. If I be in my right mind, speaking to men and women wherever I come in contact with them, wherever they might be. If I be in my right mind, it is for your cause. It is for your good. It's only for you. It's not for me. See, you going to heaven is going to benefit you. It's for your good, not me. It's not going to benefit me none at all If for you going to heaven. What's going to benefit me is my getting there. So this is what Paul is saying. So if I'm in my right mind, if I am sober, it's for your good. It's for your good. It's not it's not benefiting me, but it's for your call. Verse number 14 says, For the love of Christ constrains us. There it is. Paul said the love of Jesus Christ constrains us. It holds us back. The love for God, the love that we have for the Lord Jesus Christ, it holds us back from doing certain things. There are a lot of things that... I would do lots of things that you would do or could do that you don't do. Uh, but because of the love of Christ that constrains us and holds us back, it stops us from doing some of those things, brothers and sisters. So for the love of Christ, it constrains us, holds us back. Check it out what he said. For the love of Christ constrains us because we does judge that if one die for all, then we're all dead. So he said here, for the love of God, Christ constrains us. For it said, for if one died, if Jesus died for all, then all were dead. And Jesus did die for all. He died for the sins of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So if one, that one is Jesus Christ. If he died 
for all, then all were dead. What do you mean dead? They were dead in their sin, dead in their trespasses against God. And we were all dead. We were dead men walking, dead women walking. And so one man died for all because all of us, we were dead. And I thank God. But look at verse number 15. We were all dead, and notice verse, notice verse 15 said, then we're all dead. And that he died for all. Yes, he did. And I thank God for it right now. He died for all that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but live unto him which died for them and rose again. So one man died. And he died for all because all were dead in sin and all were dead in their trespasses against God. And because this one person died for all, that gives us a reason. So he died for all that we, you and I, shouldn't live the rest of our lives unto ourselves, but that we should live our lives to the glory of God. Amen, amen, amen. And that's why I thank God so much. We owe him so much because he died for all and he saved us all. And so, therefore, uh, we are saved today because of what Jesus done uh, on Calvary Cross. And that he died for all. He died for you. He died for me. He died for the sins of the world. And, 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 and we, we can't ever repay him. We can't, we, we can't pay him enough. We can't do enough to, to, to thank him for what he done. This is why I said we owe him so much. You, you can't ever repay God, the Lord Jesus Christ, for what he done. What can I render unto him for all his benefits that he has done for us? What can we give him? What can I do? What can I say, Lord, to, to, to show you uh, that I'm thankful, that I'm great? How can I ever repay you, brother and sister? We can't. We'll be, we'll be paying. We'll be working from now on. We'll never get through working, trying to show God, uh, 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 thank him, uh, and how worthy and how appreciative we are to pay him for what he done. He gave his life for us, and there's nothing you can do. Nothing you can say that would be good enough to repay God for what he done for us on Calvary. So the only thing that we can do is just give him our life. That's the only thing acceptable. No money, no work, no, 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 nothing. We can't trade anything. We can't bring a gift. We can't, we can't build anything. Some men go and try to build a big edifice for the Lord. I build this church for God. God don't need a church. God don't need a building. I give my I give money. God don't need money. He don't need those things. He's, he's, he's our heavenly father. He, he owns everything. He said the silver and the gold is mine. The cattle on a thousand hills is mine. Why would we give God that that, that he gave to us? It's his. It all belongs to him. So God do not need these things. So the only thing that we can do to ever show God that we love him, only show God that we appreciate what he done for us on Calvary Cross is give him our lives. He gave his life, and we had life for life. Somebody said life for life. So the only way we can begin to even show God that we are grateful is it has to be life for life. Y'all get that life for life. God gave his life, and then I, I give my life. Here it is right here in the scripture. And that he died for all, and that they which live, you and I, should not 
his folk live unto themselves. Don't, and this is what people are doing. They're living to themselves. Everybody thinking about themselves. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said we should not live unto ourselves, but we should live unto him. Thank God. Live unto him which died for them and rose again. And brothers and sisters, this is what God wants you to do. You should live for him that died for you. The one that gave you a second chance. You should live for him. And I thank God today. I thank Jesus today for what he's done for me. And I'm going to live my life uh, uh, to the glory of God. To the one that died for me, that gave me a second chance, that we should live our lives unto him that died for us, and he rose again. Amen. Thank God for Jesus. Go with me further to uh, the, the second scripture I want to go to, and that is in the book of Acts. Acts, the 17th chapter. Listen to what the Lord said. We owe him so much. We, we can't ever repay him for what he's done. How can I pay him? The only way I can begin to say, thank you, Lord, is giving my life. The life that I live and pleasing to God, this is, this is what God wants. God don't want to give. God don't want any kind of gift. He don't want that. He wants your life. He wants your heart. Listen to what the Lord is saying in the book of Acts, the 17th chapter. Check this out. Acts 17 and verse number 28, it says, For in him we live and we move and we have our being. So we, uh, this is why we can't thank God enough. Everything we do, everything that we have, we owe God the glory for it. Everything I have, everything you might accomplish on earth in this lifetime, brother, you owe it to God. That's why I said we owe him so much. Lord, I thank you so much uh, for, for waking us up this morning. I owe him so much laying down there last night. We didn't know whether or not we would wake up this morning. We owe God so much, brothers and sisters. We owe him so much for starters on our way, for blessing us, for life, health, and strength, for food on the table, clothes on our back, uh, uh, a little taste of money uh, in the bank. Uh, we owe him so much. And we can never repay him. All the way we can begin is to live our life to glory to the glory of God and to him that died for us. He said right here, for for in him we live and we move and we have our being. There it is. And we oh, I, that's why we owe him so much. We owe him so much. Because everything, everything that I do. Everything that you do, we owe God the glory. As certain also of your own porch uh, has said, for we are also his offspring. We are God's offspring, brothers and sisters. We owe God the glory. Whatever you're doing in life, you, you, you're not doing it because of you able to do it. God gave you the strength. God is giving you the ability to do these things. And you need to tell the Lord, thank you each and every day for allowing you to go up and down the dangerous streets and the highway, to allowing you to do business, to operate, to be a business owner, entrepreneur, or whatever it is in life that you're doing. We have to give God the glory and the thanks for it. Oh, we owe him so much today. And we need to live our life to the glory of God, to him that gave his life for us. For in him. 
him we move. When I first read this scripture, I just got excited. Now I know how I do things in life. I, now I know how I get things done. Now I know how I get well. Now I know I experience healing and miracles and blessings in my life. I owe it all to him. It all comes from God up above. Oh, I don't give man no credit. I don't give the government no credit. God made him do what he did. So I give all the glory. I give all the credit to God Almighty. Brothers and sisters, God is good. He's real good, and he's good all the time. And so he said right here in this particular verse, uh, 28 verse, he said, for in him we live. So you thank God. You, you're not doing it on your own, brother. Don't you ever think that for one moment, that you are doing it on your own. You cannot do these things in your own strength, but I do it by the strength of God. Then I thank God every day. Lord, I thank you for life. I thank you for health. I thank you for strength. I could not do the things that I do if it was not for the strength of God. You remember Paul was sick in his body at one time, and he sought to God for some help, and God told him, God told Paul, he said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. All you need is my grace. And brothers and each and every day, we all thank God, Lord, I thank you for your grace today. I thank you for grace each and every day. My grace is sufficient. And through the grace of God, brothers and sisters, we can move, we can have our being, we can, we can live out our dream, we can accomplish our goal, we we can open up our business. We can establish things in the earth. We can do work. We can do ministry. We can save souls. And we do it all by the grace, all by the strength of God Almighty. And we praise God today for that. So he said, for in him we live and we move and we have our being. We do it by the grace of God. We do it, brothers and sisters, by the help of God. And if you find yourself can't do certain things, you need to ask God for a little more grace. Lord, I, I just need a little more grace. That's all you need. Uh, by the grace of God, you can do it. By the grace of God, you can accomplish it. You can do it. You can make it, brothers and sisters, by the grace of God. Ask God each and every day, Lord, I thank you for your grace. Can I give me your grace? I appreciate your grace. To help me do the things I need to do in life. So by the grace of God, for in him we live. There it is. Thank you, Lord. In him we live and we move and we have our being. Thank you, God. I can do it by the grace of God. So this is why Paul said, well, I can do all things through who? Through Christ that strengthens me. In him we live and we have our being. This is how we operate in the earth. Through the grace of God, through the strength of God, Lord, I thank you for the strength of God, how you're helping us to get things done. All right, this is how we do it. This is why I said we owe him so much. You and I, we owe the Lord so much. My last scripture, turn with me to the book of Romans, Romans the second chapter. We owe him so much, brothers and sisters. Everything, everything we owe to God. Romans, the second chapter, look down at verse number four, and it says, or despise the riches of God, or despise the riches of his goodness. This is what we shouldn't do. But people take God for granted each and every day. So Paul said, brothers and sisters, uh, we shouldn't despise the, 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 the goodness, the riches 
of his goodness. God is so good, and so we shouldn't despise this, and then say, and forbearing. We shouldn't take God's goodness, and we shouldn't take God forbearing. God forbear a lot of things. He allow a lot of things. He forgive a lot of things, and that's why we owe him so much. He said, uh, we despise the, the, the riches of his goodness, and the forbearing, and the long-suffering. We shouldn't do that. But he goes on saying, not knowing that the goodness of God leads to repentance. God goodness, God mercy, God forbearing, God allowing things, God giving you more time, God sparing your life. The long suffering of God is giving us a chance to get our lives together. That's why we owe him so much. We owe him so much. And we should live our life to the glory of him that died and that rose again for us. Despise the goodness of the Lord. Despise the riches and the goodness. I don't, I do not despise the riches of his goodness. God, as I said, God is good. And don't take that for granted. And forbearing. Look at this word, forbearing. There's a lot of things God forbear. God don't have to forbear anything. God do not. The Lord do not have to put up with you. He do not have to put up with me. But the Lord, I thank you for putting up me when I was in my midst. I thank you for the goodness you shown to me. And forbearing. I thank you for, look at that. He said, and for the long suffer. God put with some folks a long time before they got their act together. Before uh, It was a long time with some folks before they came on in. Some of us were out there a long time. Amen. Should have been in a long time ago. But God suffered long. God didn't call you on while you was in your mess. He allowed you time. He gave you grace. God gave you space to get, get yourself together. So the long suffering of God, knowing that, there it is, knowing that the goodness of God, oh my God, knowing that the goodness of God leads to repentance. God is leading us through repentance by being good to us. He's giving us a chance. He's giving us space to get our lives, to, to get ourselves together. And I know each and every one of you, we ought to be thankful today. We got so much to be thankful for. And we owe him so much, brothers and sisters. For listen to what he's saying. Uh, for the, the goodness of God, the forbearance, the long-suffering, knowing that the goodness of God leads to repentance. Lord, I thank you today for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy. And your goodness will only allowing me, giving me a chance to get myself together. And I thank God. I thank God. And I will live my life to the glory of him who died for me and rose again. Brothers and sisters, I encourage you today. Stay with God. Give your life to God. You're, you may not be perfect. You may have some blemishes on your report. Don't worry about that. Just stay under the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus will cover you. It will cover all of us from our blemishes, our faults, our guilt. The blood covers all our sins. Stay under the blood of Jesus. And believe me, brothers and sisters, when we stand before the Lord that day, although we may have some stuff in our report that don't sound good that we may not want to hear, but that will not call, uh, damn your soul to hell because you under the blood of Jesus. And also those things in the record, it got to be brought out. It got to be said, but they will not condemn you. It will not condemn you because we're on the Lord's side, because we accepted him as our Lord and our Savior as Jesus Christ. 
So those things will not destroy our soul. They will not damn us to hell. And that's why we owe him so much. If you only knew how God went to bet for you, if you only knew how God is working on your behalf, oh, my God, God is working hard. He, 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 God invested in you. God invested in me. We are God's property. And God is not willing to let his property, not let his work be lost. God do not want the devil to have what he made. And God believe in you. God believe in me. And I thank God for today that he saw something in you and I. Although we went astray, we were astray, uh, God still saw something in you and I. And that's something he saw was that uh, a, a diamond, a diamond in a rough. Some of you all were rough. I mean, some of you all were real rough. Some of you were tough. I mean, you were messed up. You were in your mess. But when God looked at your life, when God looked at my life, you know what he saw? He saw a diamond in the rough. When I first saw our worship center, our building we're in right now, I didn't look at it the way other folks looked at it. They looked at it and said, this building needs to be torn down and whatever, destroyed. And I saw I saw opportunity. I saw we could have a place that we could worship God in. I saw a diamond in the rough. And this is the way God views your life and he viewed my life. He looked at us as a diamond in the rough, not as the way you are. And I remember one of our presidents, I'm almost done, one of our presidents, one of the candidates said, uh, I, I, I see things, I see things, I don't see things as they are, but as they could be. And that's the way God does. God, he's not so much worried about the way things is, but he look at the way it can be. And so we we were a diamond in the rough. All God got to do is just clean our lives up a little bit, just buff us off a little bit, get the dirt off, get the ugly out. And when God gets through polishing us, when God gets through working on you, when God gets through working on me, somebody say, I shall come forth as pure gold. One day uh, we all going to shine. We all going to be a shining star. When God gets through cleaning our lives up, God saw something in you. He saw something in me. And, and, and that's why we are so confident today, amen, about the work of God. Brothers and sisters, be encouraged. Be encouraged. We owe him so much, and I thank God for the investment that he put in you. God saw something that other folks didn't see, and that is a great prize. A great prize. He saw something. His work, and he was not willing to give up on what he created. And I thank him today for not giving up on what he created. Other folks give up on you, and they give up real easy nowadays in time. But I thank God for Jesus. He will not give up on you. As long as you got blood running through your veins, there's a chance. God will not give up on you. And I thank him today that he didn't give up on me. The long suffering of God leads to repentance. Lord, I thank you for leaving, for leaving me space and giving me space to tell you thank you, giving me space, a chance to say, forgive me of my sin. I thank you for giving me a chance to get my life together, to get my act together, God, and get on the right road. I thank you for that today. In Jesus Christ's mighty name. God bless you, brothers and sisters. That's all I have for you today. I hope I said something to encourage your heart today. We owe him so much. We owe him so much. And the only way you can begin to pay him is your life. Life for life. Remember that. Life for life. God bless you in Jesus' name. I'll leave you with this word right here. Have you all, uh, I was just thinking, I was talking with someone on yesterday.
have you in your uh just in your conversational within your spirit have you ever just felt like um something was going to happen i heard so many people say that they just they they spirit was torn uh just torn and given on rest they just felt like something bad was going to happen i felt like that <clears throat> excuse me i felt like that numerous of times in my spirit like something was going to happen something bad was going to happen and uh it just worried me night and day that something was going to happen and lo and behold something did happen then you finally you get a call from somebody and say some so and so so and so something happened so and so or this happened that happened and so sometimes god put that in your spirit and you feel that way sometimes you just don't have the peace in your spirit that uh and you don't have the rest in your spirit and you feel like something is about to happen I know you probably felt that way many times in your life, and something probably did happen because you feel that way. Well, uh, for the last two, three weeks, I asked the same. I asked a person, "You have been felt that way before?" And they said, "Yes, they felt that way. They felt like something was about to happen. Something was going to. They didn't know what it was, and you know, everybody felt that way once upon a time." Then I turned around and asked the, the flip side of that: Have you ever felt in your spirit like? Something good was going to happen. Have you ever felt that way? I felt like something bad was going to happen, and, and, and it was on me for a while. And then, little boy, we got to report something bad did happen. So what I'm saying now, for the last two, three weeks, brothers and sisters, I felt good in my spirit. I felt very good in my body and my mind. I feel like something good is about to happen. Have you ever felt that way? I hope so. So I won't leave you with this, brother. I feel like something good is about to happen to you and me, to God's people. Remember that. God bless you. I love you. Until next time, uh, may God be with you. Uh, and goodbye. Peace of God. Thanks, Pastor Johnson, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all-new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Until then, remember, encounter Jesus. Echo hope and dwell in love.